1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at On Packers, and you can follow all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is opponent Wednesday. Jeff Lloyd, who hosts Locked on Browns, is going to be on the show to talk about Cleveland, Hugh Jackson, coaching this team. One of the worst three-year runs in NFL history. In fact, the worst now. Three-year run, and we're not even done with the three years, but this is, by record, in terms of the Hugh Jackson era, one of the worst teams ever, if not the worst team ever. Now, that does not to say that they do not have talent. And this is something that I talk with Jeff about extensively. There's a lot of talent on this team. And one of the things that I tweeted about on Tuesday was Brian Baldinger went through some plays, and Jeff and I discussed this as well, where a lot of this is detail. And it is coaching. And it is the difference between, and, and the more that I watch the NFL and the more that I really, really study it, the more that I watch, you know, the games on repeat, I watch on the coaches tape, you understand that that any game is really just five or six plays. That those are the differences in winning or losing. And you can tell the well-coached teams from the not well coached teams, Cleveland is not a well-coached team. They don't do the little things well. And Green Bay at times has struggled to do the little things well this season and i think that part of that is feeling the pressure of 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 guys having to feel like they have to do more than than their role because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. That excuse theoretically leaves after this week. So Green Bay has to beat the Cleveland Browns and that's it. They have to beat a winless team to bring their quarterback back to try and win three games to make the playoffs. Now one thing that i want to that i want to insert into the discussion before we get to that conversation with Jeff is Rob Domoski did a, a great piece Tuesday about the zone read, and, and this is something that I've been talking about on the show and, and over at Acme Packing Company for a number of weeks now, and that is Mike McCarthy needs to give Brett Hundley more opportunities to run the ball. And in this game, the two best, by DVOA and by efficiency, quarterback runners in football this year are going to be playing, Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser. And part of that is because both of them have struggled to process They get to their reads slowly, and that means they end up um, having to tuck the ball and run. Now, also, part of that is they're both athletic, and they can run designed read plays. Cleveland runs a lot more designed reads and designed runs for their quarterback than Green Bay does. But this story points out that there is a recognition, perhaps, among the coaching staff that this is a scheme and this is a concept that Green Bay can lean on. And it was something that I that I said I, I particularly wanted to see on third down, especially because the Green Bay run offense had been so effective that when you get to third and four or less, why don't you give your quarterback the option to run? Give him the option to put that in the belly of the running back or take off and run because every time, and I mean every time, this is not hyperbole, this is literally every time Brett Hundley has kept the ball in his own read, called it, About a half dozen total times, maybe a little bit more. But every time he's kept it, he's gotten a first down. Every time. I might be missing one or two times, but they only call it, and he's only kept it, once or twice every game. Now against the Buccaneers, they call it a couple more times. I think he ran it two or three times on the zone read. This was always a facet of his game that, that Green Bay needed to find a way to utilize. And and hopefully, this last game, they'll be able to do that. We, we've run out of, of, op- of options because there's only one game left. But if Green Bay wins, they'll have won enough games in this stretch to put them in a position to make the playoffs. Now, obviously, you would have liked to you know, not lose to the Ravens at home or not lose to the Lions at home. In particular, that one coming off the bye, you would have hoped that that they would have played better in that game and, and maybe they'd have an extra game cushion and they wouldn't have to win all four coming down the stretch. I mean, you hope to win the Browns game anyway. You kind of hope to beat the Lions anyway. You kind of hope that you can beat the, the Vikings at home, but the Vikings have been playing great. So the Packers don't have a margin for error. And that's just the reality that we're in. So we're going to have Jeff Lloyd on the show in a little bit. Tomorrow we're going to we're gonna deep dive into the Browns. Jeff and I, you know, we, we talk mostly big picture about Cleveland. We, we do get into some personnel stuff, but the real nitty-gritty of what Cleveland Brown has and, and what they're going to look like this weekend, that's going to be tomorrow, and then we're going to look at injuries and, uh, uh, you know, a, a more final breakdown on Friday. Before we get to that, I want to remind you to get to Locked on Browns. That is the show that Jeff hosts. And as I've said all week, this is an uncommon opponent with with an uncommon style of play. And so there's a lot of reasons for you to watch or for you to listen to that show this week. There's a lot going on there. A lot of factors at play, whether or not this coaching staff is going to be there long-term. And all those things really do have an impact week to week on what you're going to see on the field. And so for that reason... I hope you check out that show this week.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
0: America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: All right, he is the host of Locked on Browns. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. He is Jeff Lloyd and he joins us now to talk about the winless, the 0-12 Cleveland Browns. Jeff, thanks for joining Lockdown Packers.
3: Ah, oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it was nice catching up here beforehand, seeing everything that's going on. Uh, you know, and this is the thing when I'm doing these crossover shows, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, are headed to, you know, bigger and better things. You know, where's our playoff seed? Are we a wild card? Can we get a bye week? <laughs> And, you know, we're over here in Cleveland. We understand that it's, you know, it, it's not it's not where it wants to be yet. But for the most part, you know, you know I don't want to sound truly down on this team. I mean, you look at 0-12. There's a lot of nice pieces here. There's a lot of really nice pieces here. They need a lot more reinforcements. So it, it's just funny. And, you know, I talk with Mark Schofield a lot, too. And, you know, I'm like, dude, how do you come up every Monday with, man, Tom Brady? He's really awesome. You know, so right. you know, with a third... <laughs> <laughs> thirty-two teams, you know, thirty-two different guys. You got to find a way to put out, you know, quality stuff each and every day.
1: You know what's so funny about that is I, um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago I was talking to my editor at, at SB Nation and we I was talking about the content that we were putting out Brett Hundley related and we joked that that first week that he played was Brett Hundley week and I I told him I said this is the most energized I've been following the Packers in years because. The Brett Hundley experience was so unique. It was so new. It was so different. What was this going to look like? Because, and this is this is such a spoiled champagne problem to have, right? <laughs> we, we we went from we went from 17 years of Brett Favre to um, you know however, eight years of Aaron Rodgers or whatever it is, and and nine years. And you're you feeling a little bit a little bit like this is we get it. This is what's happening. That we know what to expect. And then now we have Brett Hundley. It's like, okay, what is this going to be? What is this going to look like? And we had, you know, it was different than in 2013. Scott Tolzien, we sort of know Scott Tolzine's going to be garbage. Seneca Wallace, we know he's not going to be very good. Matt Flynn, eh, he, you know, he might be okay. Brett Hundley was this great unknown. He's, you know, he's 24 years old. Mike McCarthy likes him. He's playing instead of Colin Kaepernick. So there's this whole separate perspective of the way that we look at this team what what i was what i kept saying and this is this is a weird thing that i kept coming back to as i was talking about oh we're going to talk about the browns i kept saying there's talent on defense and then i would think oh there's also talent on offense and then i'm going wait how is this team 0 12.
3: how are they 0 and 12 uh well first off uh the jets game i will never understand um on fourth and two from the seven they tried to kick a field goal. They called the timeout to run a play. You would thought, all right, here is going to be a beautiful play call. This is one. They all sat together. They came out in straight goal line power. He got, you know, maybe one yard. They got stuffed. Uh, they were down 13-10. Jets offense did nothing the entire game. At that point, went right down the field. It was 20-10. to If they'd kicked the field goal, you would have kept your defense's juices running high. You know, you would have kicked off to them. You know, terrible, terrible loss. The Minnesota game. They actually gave Minnesota one of the tougher tests of this year. They did? away in the fourth quarter. If Miles Garrett played in that game, I think they may have had a chance at winning because the problem was is their defensive players were getting there. They weren't getting home. They weren't sacking anybody. And that's what Miles Garrett would have brought to that. I think they had a real shot at winning that game. Um, I think Hugh Jackson, I think Hugh is better off with veteran players around him. I think it's to the point now where there might be – might just be too much youth going on and him, who's, you know, a quarterback guy and that, you know, with that, but he's got youth everywhere and I think it's just too much for him. You know, like, it's almost like if you'd said, uh, you know, you asked your grandfather, Hey, can we just drop three kids off real quick? You know, one might be enough (laughs) Like he can make a sandwich, but I don't think he can do a couple hours with everybody. And I think that's the problem with Hugh has, he got comfortable in Cincinnati. He knew everybody he had been there for a while. You know, he was everybody. They were all together. Went off, branched out of something different, and I think it's i think it's just way, way too much for him.
1: You know what's interesting is, and, and I, I, I drew this parallel earlier in the year, and I, and I think this is true of Mike McCarthy. I think there are coaches in the NBA, and I think of Tom Thibodeau, that with, with veteran guys, guys who are going to buy in and who are going to play defense and who are going to do the things that he asks them to do, he can be a really, really good coach and then there are these other coaches that are more built for rebuilds and that's you know the 76ers they bring in Brett Brown who they think is going to be perfect for this young uh, you know untalented and then eventually talented team it does seem like there is some dissonance here with Hugh Jackson and, and and the coaching of this team and I thought Brian Baldinger did a great job on Twitter he 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 does these great uh, film breakdowns and he he looked at the the Chargers game and there's some really just simple, basic mistakes that seem to me, anyway, like coaching oversights where, you know, the receiver, uh, you know, on the boundary is off the line of scrimmage when he needs to be on. And he's not just off, he's like two and a half yards off. Like he doesn't know he needs to be on the line of scrimmage. Or they're running a fourth and short play where the guard just blows an assignment and doesn't block anyone. Like these are the things. That, that it looks like is ha- are happening for the Browns, where it's, it's just part of it is the coaching is not putting the talent in the best position to succeed. Just from an assessment standpoint, does that seem fair?
3: Oh, no, I do agree. And, uh, you know, two of Deshaun's major mistakes this year, and, you know, granted you put it on him because he was the one making the plays. There was an audible against the Jets earlier in the game. Early in the game, I think the ball was about the three-yard line. He was in shotgun. He audibled to a speed option, Isaiah Crowell. It was a crappy pitch on his part. Crowell could have maybe give a better effort. Yeah. Um, my question there is, why is that in? Like, why is he able to audible that? Like, you don't ever run it any other time. Why is it like something where, you know, why is that one of the audibles there? I mean, you know, in a goal line situation, you, know, you have guys outside. One of your normal audibles is, you know, I'm going to throw it to the back pylon and one of my athletes go make a play. And then Detroit, uh, you know, right before the half, the audible to the QB sneak. Again, why is that? Why is that something that's even for him to audible to? I mean, yes, granted, he's 21. He's young. He's going to make mistakes. But that shouldn't be something that's even the mistake he's allowed to make. I mean, if he says, look, you know, I I call toss outside. I thought our guy could beat him around the corner. That's one thing, but when you call, I just don't know, understand how those are even things he can check to.
1: What a, this, I mean, this team, I look at the team and I see, you know, I love Emmanuel Ogba and, and the injury is unfortunate. And, and I liked Ryan Nassib, Miles Garrett. I was a big fan of coming out. I, I was telling you before we came on, was a huge fan of Jab- Jabril Preppers. I liked Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon, I'm, you know, he's back. I look around and and there's all this talent in terms of moving forward. If you were the GM, where are you looking to this offseason in terms of saying, this is what I need to get. This is this is how we need to improve so that we can take the step from, you know, winless team to, you know, maybe we can win four or five games and we can put we can put at least a, a scare into people when we play them.
3: Well, I mean, this is the great situation they have. You know, they are over 80 million in cap space. They have 12 draft choices. Um, As terrible as losing Deshaun Watson was for the Houston Texans and for the NFL and every fan and every young kid. It's great for the Browns. (laughs) It was was great (laughs) business for the Cleveland Browns because you want to know what? And now Houston's hopes were rested in Tom Savage. So you're looking at, you know, and they carry that first round pick. They carry that second round pick. You know, when it's all said and done, regardless, if they don't lose this number one pick, they are going to have six picks in the top 65. Even if it's not the greatest draft in the world, and, you know, me and a lot of the guys we talk about, we don't think it's it's up there with years past, but that's okay. Because you're in a position where, look, if we're just targeting what we need with these first six picks. We are going to bring in another ridiculously good quarterback, and it's going to come at a very high price. Even if Deshaun Kaiser turns out to be the second coming of Tom Brady, it's still okay because you had the capital to do it. You maybe move somebody on, and even still with nobody, oh, well, you, you can't have two quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks play every week? You have two young, talented tight ends in Deval and David Najoku. They're finding their way. You know, They're learning how to find their spots. They're really good once they get the ball in their hands, able to pick up some extra yards. You also need to add a running back. Your offensive line is a veteran offensive line now. You did a great job. You got a lot of money invested in that. Isaiah Crowell did nobody no favors when it was either week two or week three and said, you want to know what? I can't lie. I'm really concerned about my contract extension. Meanwhile, he was averaging 2.6 yards per carry. So, you know what? You can't be bringing that stuff up. So, go hard. Look, I mean, we've seen the last couple of years, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten running backs deep in every one of these draft classes. You need to bring more in there. You need to start realizing that Duke Johnson – Needs to be a 10 to 15 touch guy. Utilize him more. It's sad that Crowell touches the ball 20 times a game. Duke usually ends up in single, single digits, and he's a vastly superior back. Defensively, you need to bring in one more pass rusher. Uh, you know, Ogba is a fantastic player, Miles Garrett. But look, when you have all the capital in the world, and look, this could be done through free agency. You, you know, you can never have enough pass rushers. Um, they seem to covet this free safety position. That's fine. And like I told you before we got on, have somebody who can actually play it. Right. You know, Jabril Peppers has lined up 30 yards off the ball because they realize the best thing for Jabril Peppers is to have everything in front of him. That's the way he plays best. It does seem a little weird that you put him 30 yards off the field. But the last couple of weeks, he's actually uh, saying, you know, uh, Los Angeles Charger game outstanding. he was looking better. And, and this is something that nobody doubted that the, he played better with the game in front of him. But you know, We're playing now in the NFL, and look, these guys are good. They have, you know, second and third moves at 30 yards from the line of scrimmage to beat somebody. You know, and that's where he had a tough time getting into this. But that's just what you got to look for. As long as they can pinpoint and hit these needs that they have, and and take some of the strengths that they have, and make them even stronger, you know, and of course, you know, get a new head coach.
1: We'll get back to the interview in just a second. I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway if you leave your name and your twitter handle in a review of this podcast and you can do it on lockdown browns as well but but start with lockdown packers please and if you do that you can be entered to win a pro football focus edge subscription that's a $39.99 value and that gets you access to player grades charts all sorts of nfl draft tools fantasy tools all sorts of data that can help you win your fantasy league. I'm currently twelve and one. I know you care about my fantasy team, but I am the defending champion in my fantasy league. That is the the old Sports Illustrated league that I'm in. Twelve and one, gonna have a first round by this week. So, if you want to be like me and, and win your fantasy league, knock on wood. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you could be entered to win a contest that could get you access to all sorts of data that you can use to win your fantasy league, too. This episode is brought to you by Shell.
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: One of the things that... that Um, obviously the the Packers are going to be looking at is, is Deshaun Kaiser's strengths and weaknesses. And, and unfortunately for you, he hasn't shown a lot of strengths in, in terms of throwing the ball, in terms of making decisions I mean, the turnovers, especially situationally, the red zone turnovers, the third down turnovers. I mean, it has been, uh, really brutal for him at, at times this season, but he's also shown flashes. He's made some great throws. So what is your assessment of Deshaun Kaiser at this point in the season? He should have never been
3: put in this position to start on a team that had zero aspirations. I mean, I don't know how you looked around and, you know, every every now and then you can say, you know, we can play the rookie quarterback because of this, or we can play this rookie quarterback because of that and this and that. There was nothing. I mean, you were one in 15. There was no reason you needed to start from jump. You could have let him at least. You know, had a couple of wow throws in preseason, but his preseason wasn't that great. Um, so you wouldn't elevate him in a position that he was not ready for. Uh, due to his size, he's a little slow processing. He, you, and when he's slow processing, he tries to make up with everything with his ridiculous arm strength, which he does have. I mean, he. I mean, the guy can whistle any throw he wants. But the problem is, is if he's getting to where that throw is he, a hair tick late, it doesn't matter if you have John Elway's arm. Where you got a rag arm. You've got to make that throw. There's only one split second to make that throw. And, you know, he's late on doing that. I'm not going to put it all on him, though. The wide receiver core, week in, week out, you know, they've had, you know, five to six wide receivers. All of these guys are getting reps. And, you know, Corey Coleman was out for a bunch of time. Josh Gordon's back now. You look at these other guys. You know, Kenny Britt, yes, he had a 1,000-yard season last year. But I'm in here, here in New Jersey. I know Kenny Britt from Rutgers. There's two Kenny Brits. The good one's really good. The bad one is what they got in Cleveland. And handed him a bunch of money didn't help. So I think having a receiving core that there was nothing. I mean, none of these guys had a resume of, well, this is what he does well as a wide receiver. You know, he eats well underneath. Or you want to know what? He's really good in zone coverage. He can saddle up at the sticks. There was nothing. So he had nobody established to play with at a wide receiver position. And DeVal and David Najoku, as good as they are and as young as left as they are, they didn't have much of a resume either. So I think it was just kind of a whole bunch of hodgepodge where it was, you know, they sat down Wednesday and Thursday and said, all right, well, what do we think are our best 15, 20 passing plays? You know, when you look at these other teams, everything's out there scripted to a T, you you and they adjust what they do best to, you know, counteract what the defense does best. Look, we still want to do what we want to do, but you know what? Instead of putting, you know, the tight end here, you know what? We're going to flex the tight end this week. We want to keep this guy out of the middle. And I don't think there's been that type of adjustment period. And maybe because there's too much youth on this offense and the skilled players, you know, really aren't that skilled. Really, spot for him to be in. Deshaun. I mean, he thought the only reason he declared is he came from a crap college situation. And yet now here he is again in a crap uh, position as an NFL player. So it's been tough for Deshaun. But I, I think he's handled it well. You know, I think one W would probably mean all the world to him.
1: So one of the things we talked about before we came on um, on the air was uh, you were mentioning that there was a, a wish list that the Browns had in terms of what um, the fans wanted in, ter- in terms of spending some of that cash money that you talked about, the cap that the, that they had. If you were going to spend some of that money, if you were Sashi Brown, how would you allocate that resources? Who would you be going after?
3: I got news for you. We'd be knocking on your door. Uh, Devonte Adams was a guy I loved out of Fresno. I actually had a chance to interview him through the draft process. Just uber confident guy. Um, and the other thing is, you're going to look at you know when you're playing, you know when elements can be an issue. Here's a guy, you know California kid. Green Bay hasn't affected him, you know one iota. And the, part of the reason why I think the Browns need to bring in a wide receiver. Reagent wise, you know, Alan Robinson, Sammy Watkins, these guys are out there. I think Tay Adams would be a great choice. But I think the reason you want to do that is is the last thing you want to do is, you know, draft some twenty-one year old kid, twenty-two-year-old kid, and say, look, you know, you're gonna be part of this, we're gonna groom you in. And then if Josh Gordon falters, now all of a sudden you're gonna take a rookie who was just, hey, you're gonna be a part of this to, hey, I need you to be an 80 reception guy. So I think you're probably better off if you have a veteran who's at least done some of those things. And you can hedge your bet that way. Look, you know, Gordon's got, you know, I think it's 1.3 next year. And then it's, you know, somewhere under 2 million for 19. So it's a nice position to have because you're never going to extend Gordon because, you know, the risk is just too great. So I think it's better to address it. But, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, if we can squeeze him out of there, maybe throw him in an old Braylon Edwards jersey, that'd be a nice thing for Cleveland.
1: Unfortunately, I think um for you anyway, I think the the Ted Thompson is going to make sure that this this gets handled. I mean, he's on pace for more yards than he had last year with Aaron Rodgers and that's playing half his games with with Brett Hundley. So, um I don't know if you can hear the the sirens in the back. Apparently, they're coming to get me. Uh, obviously, the Packers not at their best if this were Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, the Packers would probably be favored by double digits in this game, but it's uh it's not it's Brett Hundley. So, what is your what is your feel for what you're going to see on Sunday? Uh,
3: I think it's going to be, you know, more like the Browns played last week. Look, these kids, you know, nobody's thrilled that they're 0-12, but nobody stopped fighting. Uh, you know, L.A. put up a ton of yards on them, a ton. But, you know, they played the old proverbial bend, don't break. Uh, you know, it could have easily been 31-10. to 10. They, you know, they fought hard to keep it 19-10. to 10. You know, maybe with a week of Josh being back, uh, there was eight incompletions to Josh Gordon. And, you know, Deshaun kind of did it every which way imaginable. One low, one high to the right, one high to the left. I mean, I mean, with a guy like that. It was a diverse
1: set of misses.
3: Oh, yes. There was a whole nice, uh, somebody actually splashed them together. Jake Burns, a guy who does a lot of great Cleveland stuff. And it was 50 seconds of just. And, you know, it was, you know, and me, I'm the Kaiser backer. You know, I'm okay with him. I'm still going to add to it. You know, I like the kid's talent. But it was like, wow. All right. Well, we can't use the if you, well if you had somebody to throw to any more excuse because he had him. But there's a possibility, you know, that you know I think Josh Gordon's going to score a touchdown this week. Figure four for eighty-five. Green Bay, the run game has been for the most part okay between Jones and Williams. It, but if there's one thing this Cleveland beat does, is it stops a run. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting to see um, how this how this Browns team attacks Brett Hundley because. You know, really, some very good defenses. You know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New Orleans—they they've been unable to stop this Packers run game, uh, even with eight guys in the box. So, um, with Aaron Jones getting healthy, he scored the game-winning touchdown against Tampa Bay, and Jamal, Jamal Williams went over 100 yards. Um, you know, that's what this team is—the um, number one and number two quarterbacks rushing by DVOA in the league are are going to be playing in this game on Sunday. So. Uh, it, it's I think it's going to be a better game than, than maybe the average casual NFL fan would say. Uh, Jeff, where can, where can people find um, what you do?
3: Uh, I, obviously, everything over, uh, you know, LockedOnBrowns, uh, LockedOnBrowns.com. You know, I'll be doing most of the drape, uh, draft work over there. Uh, I mentioned uh, Jake Burns, a good Cleveland writer. Um, he's just finishing out his assignment now, but he's going to take over, uh, and he's pretty much going to have card blotch at the page at FanRag, you know, uh, come, you know, once week 17 is over. Uh, he's got some great ideas and he figured it'd be best to launch some of the ideas he had, you know, through the offseason where you can, you know, basically have a wider scope and, you know, can kind of have more fun with it. You know, branch out a little bit, uh, you know, on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. You know, I keep it a follow back account. It's worked out really well. It, it allows for, you know, anybody who's got an idea. And today they made me, you know, try to pitch an idea to get Joe Thomas on. But, hey, whatever, man, shoot your shot, have a little fun with it. Uh, but, you know, you know, I want to hear, you know, this is their fan base. I'm coming into it. You know, I want to know, you know, I'm learning I, I'm learning a ton about Cleveland, about the Browns, about this fan base from these guys. So it's just the best way for them to get in touch with me. And, you know, what they want to hear about, I'll be glad to talk about.
1: Sounds good, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. No problem at all, Peter. Uh, you know, it should
3: be fun on Sunday. You know, I mean, it's not really, I mean, you know. If you're a quarterback guru, this is probably not the game for you to watch on Sunday. You know, Maybe check something else out. But, you know, always nice to see how the young kids are coming along in this league.
1: I want to thank Jeff for joining Locked On Packers. I do apologize. I'm, I'm a little under the weather, so my voice is a little froggy. But I appreciate you bearing with me on this. Uh, hopefully it is better tomorrow. Um, but And hopefully we get some good injury news tomorrow. News that we can use news that we can talk about and get into the Cleveland Browns roster we'll obviously dig into their offense and their defense everything in between is there anything in between I don't really know and we'll, we'll try and give you a good perspective on what what you expect to see on Sunday who you can expect to see and where Green Bay has the advantage and where maybe Cleveland I know it's weird to think that an 0-12 team might have an advantage, but there are advantages for them. There are talent. We talked about it with Jeff. There is talent on this team and it can be uh, exploited. So all of that is there. That means we're gonna have content tomorrow, we're gonna have content on Friday. So much content. Keep it locked at Locked On Packers on Twitter, at Peter underscore on Twitter, and always, always, always stay locked on Packers.